Hello and welcome to another episode of Smarketing with Pager. Today I'm joined by Glenn. Glenn is the founder of Two Ends and he's a marketing advisor to a number of recruitment agencies and industry veteran. And today I'm talking to him about how you can get sales and marketing working closer together. Hello everyone, thank you to another episode of Beer with Darren. Today I'm on British Lager from M&S. Not because I'm posh, but because the queue at Audi was too big, so I went to Marks and Spencer's. Judge me all you want. <laughs> so t- tonight I'm actually joined by Glenn. Uh, Glenn is a good friend, and uh, we actually sponsor his podcast. So this is going to be weird for Glenn being on the other side um, of the the microphone. I guess is the is the way. So Glenn, thank you for joining me tonight. What are you drinking? Um, Elvis juice from Brewdog, and as we discussed earlier, I'm glad they delivered beer rather than hand sanitizer, especially especially at the moment. <laughs> I mean, it's still alcohol, right? It can still give you a good time. Right? <laughs> yeah. going, to, going to 99, I'm not quite at wanting 99% alcohol just yet. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've been around the recruitment industry for a number of years. I, I reckon you could handle it. <laughs> Maybe in my younger days. Maybe in my younger <laughs> days. It's a lot longer now. I can't keep up, can't keep up with the kids like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> so do you mind giving us a little bit about your background and what you're up to now? Yeah, cool. Um, so like Darren said, I've, I've been around recruitment marketing now for, for 16 years. I, I started out as a marketing assistant, much like the consultants of this world fell into it. Didn't have any real options after university. First job that came along, offer, accept, done. 16 years later, I'm still, I'm still in the industry. A um, couple of times I tried getting out, but, but never did. Um, worked in some big companies, companies that have gone through the whole growth cycle from from startup, um, scaling up and then to exit or, or an event of some kind. Um, and I've played a role in those in a couple of them, uh, most recently at, at Staff Group when they sold to, to Cordon back in 2015. But for the past, uh, coming up to two years now, almost almost to the day, um, I've operated as a sole consultant to, to recruitment companies who have been on similar journeys to the companies that I've worked with before and just advising them on their marketing strategy, working with the existing marketing function if they've got them on on how to kind of level up marketing, I'd say, within a recruitment uh, company. Whereas the perception, and it, certainly when I first started, it was all about admin, it was all about PowerPoint, it was all about doing what you're told from the sales guys. I think the shift's starting to happen now. So I see my role in just maybe giving that a little bit of a kick up the ass to get there a little bit further because I know, I know you you will agree with this is that marketing is just so much more important um, in recruitment companies and if anything um, at, at this time of recording whilst in lockdown I think people started to realize it a little bit more the initial p- panic has subsided and then they're thinking shit you know we still need to be known after this has happened and and how do we do it yeah, definitely. And I think it varies depending on the size of the company. But if you look at a small business right now, um, what I'm seeing and I'm having a lot of conversations with people is they're saying, well, I might put myself on furlough. I might just pause the business entirely. And I keep I keep saying the same thing to them is, well, what happens when your client gets back to work, looks at you up online, sees you haven't posted in two months and goes with a different supplier because they think you're out of business. They think Corona actually killed your business. You know, marketing is a way for them to Number one, tell people you're still there and you still care. And number two, you can absolutely win business during a recession through it as well if you get it right. Yeah. If if you if you can do it, you've got to do it. If there's 
of course, if there's no other options and there's a financial position that just doesn't allow you to to literally do nothing, then fair enough. But the the benefit of marketing, especially within the recruitment industry now, is that um, it doesn't cost anything to do marketing in some in some respects. Obviously, there's there's guys like you, and there's a cost associated with with some products and things. But at a very very base level in the world of personal branding and things like that is you can still market yourself and you can still market your business with not a penny in the bank or a penny in the marketing budget. Um, so at least start with that. You can't. You just, it's madness if you just completely switch off now. Completely agree. We're not talking about increasing pay-per-click spends. We're talking about getting your iPhone out and taking a video and putting it out there online. Um, there's loads of free services to put subtitles on. Even just don't bother with the subtitles. Just yeah. a video. Take your iPhone out. Take a video. 30-second clip. Put it out there. That is better than not putting anything out there at all. No, 100%. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because that's I think that's great advice for the smaller businesses. When you get slightly larger, I think one of the biggest problems I've seen is that actually the sales team are the forefront of the business. They, they're the people that when they talk to candidates, clients, they connect with them directly on LinkedIn. They don't often follow the brand, which is often a, a frustration of any marketer inside that business because they don't have access to that, that person. Um, so what would your advice be for somebody that's got a team of recruiters at the moment that um, don't normally do marketing? That, you know, their, their outbound strategy is, is phones. And let's be honest, there's a lot of people where that is still phone is king. And we won't go into that argument right now. But the people that can no longer make the phone calls because there's nobody there to answer, how do you think they can embrace the situation? You need to, and this is classic, this is marketing 101. It's, it's getting to know your audience. There's a no better time as it stands at the moment to have conversations and get to know your audience better. Um, you know, what usually for me has been five minute calls in the past, you know, usually running across London Bridge, it would be a call. Now they're turning into half hour calls and you're digging into people a lot more. People want to chat, they want to break things. So, you know, get to know your audience. And what I mean by that is get to know what their pain points are in a lot more depth. How do they like to be communicated to? How often do they be, need to be communicated to? And write it all down, make the notes on the CRM. Um, because one, you can start delivering in that way now, whether it's video, whether it's email, they might like to be WhatsApped more, they might want to jump on Zoom. Um, but when you come when we come out the other side of it, when you've got all that data and that info on your audience, however big or small it might be, means you can start creating these candid journeys, these candid experiences a lot more tailored. You know, we've been speaking about these things for ages, candid experience, user journeys, etc. etc. But now, marketers, recruiters, whatever role in the business, you've got more time on your hands. I don't, you know, whether you're working as hard, and you probably are, but you do have more time on your hands. I think that's the case for everyone. So spend it getting to know your audiences better, whoever they are. Stop assuming, start asking questions, and just start noting it all down and making, you know, really detailed comments on how people want to engage with you, what they're interested in. Um, the struggles that they're going through in good times and in bad times, and then just start listening and delivering. Stop assuming, which I think the recruitment industry and consultants and marketers, to be to be fair, um, they all they all just assume. They've been assuming for too many years on what people want, um, and it's not the case. It's it's funny you say that. So at Broadbean, obviously, I was on the the other side of the coin. I was um, a hiring manager, and I had the PSL that I was allowed to engage with. And it was funny because I had the same conversations with the recruiters. They'd phone me up and 
they've obviously taken note that you know I've got a daughter her name Sophie so every single phone call oh Darren how's Sophie doing and I always say to people now when I walk into the pub I pray we walk into a pub again soon when I walk into the pub my own mates don't ask me how Sophie is right <laughs> so when when somebody phones you up in a sales capacity and asks you how your daughter is you can see through it you know that's the reality people see through it so getting to know me on a, on a different level did work the best recruiters I, I worked with the ones that you know I went out of my way to get them updated on whether we're hiring right now all of those things were the people that showed a real interest in me um, and I think that's the case for any any sales role right i think people I, I think it works on the flip as well is like you've got to be able to to open up and let others know who you are um i, I ran a i ran a session last week with a with a decent sized recruitment business and i was like if you if you asked your network based on what they're what you're posting on linkedin now what they think of you what would it be and all they're talking about was just jobs jobs oh i'm a recruiter in x industry and i have these jobs available and that was it and i was like is that what you want to be kind of known for if you went to the pub and you just started talking about jobs 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 to people they think you're probably a little bit weird to be honest and and a little <laughs> bit boring so you know start opening up when you especially from online marketing i think now you know you're you're very good at it um i like to think you know i'm quite honest when i put myself out there so people can get to know me is that it breaking down barriers straight away um and if you can relate it back to the real world in inverted commas is that do that you know put put online what you'd say in real life what you'd say down the pub what you'd say on a client meeting what you'd even say on the phone especially from a recruitment consultant point of view you know if they're making a call on a monday morning a normal monday morning uh and they know the the football team that their clients support so they go oh did you go to the football did you do this what did you do at the weekend they'll say that on the phone they'd never put it out a lot of people would have put it out on like a, a linkedin post for example and it's it's yeah. weird so it's, it's like it's a, a different world when it's it's really not it's all it's all got the same human beings in it who who who, who watch tiger king on netflix and stuff like that i haven't so, actually watched it yet I, yeah. am i missing out are you watching it I watched the first two or three episodes. Um, I haven't got back into it yet, but right. it's quite weird by by all accounts. I normally like weird things online, so I'll give it a go. <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> no, I don't know if we mark this episode as explicit or not. But <laughs> so on the on the sales front, it's interesting what you just mentioned there. And how would you how do you think most marketers would describe their relationship with the sales team? Fractured at best. Um, I, I think traditionally and probably even so now it's a them and us culture um, even now uh, there are better recruitment companies out there who are who are bringing it closer together and better marketers the the problem that I see is that marketing is probably one of the last functions within a recruitment company specifically where it's first marketing hire is a junior it's a marketing assistant or or it's a no disrespect to any receptionist listening it's a receptionist who has been quite good at instagram moving over to do marketing now that doesn't that doesn't happen in many other i don't like this phrase back office functions your first finance person is going to be 
a fully qualified accountant more often than not. An IT person like you will have worked on networks that have done things. It, it's not someone who's just, you know, come out of university and they can open windows and install windows or something like that. Same with HR, they're likely to have done some CIPD stuff. And marketing for a long time, it's always been that assistant coming in, it's been a grad coming in, and then straight away you're on a back, the back foot from quite you know aggressive in more, more often than not salespeople, um, quite forthright CEOs or MDs who have been those salespeople and now are quite stuck in their ways potentially on how a business should be run. And of course, everyone thinks they can be a marketer. That's the, that's the thing. Everyone thinks they could be a marketer. They think it's oh, just posting on Facebook or it's doing a PowerPoint, etc. And that and that's not the case. Um, so where I'm seeing the best work done from recruitment companies is with marketers who are in the business who have who have got some decent level experience. They've been there, done that. Um, lean on me now and again for for advice. I, I see that see that happening a lot. But there's there's a reason why in this industry, in the recruitment industry specifically, that there's not many people who have hung around, if I'm being honest, with any level of experience of, you know, probably even five years plus, let, let alone 10, 15 years <laughs> like, like myself. And I think there's a misconception there. And this isn't all on um recruiters this isn't on salespeople being salespeople because it isn't this isn't a blame game there's there's an element of of marketers need to step up for themselves and for the profession of marketing they're the experts don't get pushed around by it um you've got to demonstrate your expertise um and how do you demonstrate your expertise is is the big question but ultimately you've got to practice what you preach so what I mean by practicing what you preach, if you're talking about marketing all the time and how you need to connect with candidates, how you need to um, talk to clients, what great tech you need to be using, should you be using automation, persona building and things like that, is that apply that internally, yeah? Regardless of the level of the salespeople you're talking to, whether it's a rookie who's just joined up to the CEO or the MD, is like, what are their pain points? What are they motivated by? What do they like engaging with? And then you use all your marketing that you're trying to implement, your campaigns, your strategies, your tech, and you touch on those pain points and you manipulate. And that's what you do at a marketer and you communicate with it. And you, you really do have to kind of, you just have to practice what you preach. And it will it'll, it'll be different at different levels of the business, but you need to do that persona building internally because then you'll be able to deliver at all levels and your standing will will kind of increase it makes complete sense you have to sell yourself internally first yeah. um, and it's interesting because i always say to people especially developers you know i've worked with many hundreds of developers in the past and i always say to them one of the skill sets i look for is sales and they all sit there and go but i'm not in sales i'm a developer I'm like, mm. in in the sprint planning meeting where we're talking about how we're going to estimate a task and which way we're going to do it how do you think we end up deciding which way we're going to implement that tech? It's because yeah. somebody's sold better than you. Um, yeah. So no matter what, no matter what you're in a business, you're in sales. Um, it's just it might not be the traditional sales, right? It might not be phone calls. Meetings are sales. Every every single thing in business comes down to sales. Yeah, that sales has got a dirty reputation, especially here in the UK. Not as much over in the in the states, to be honest, but here in the UK. And 
this this might be controversial, but I honestly do believe it. I think that um, specifically to something like candidate acquisition, I think a good marketer um, with the tools that they all need should should be able to find a lot better and more qualified candidates than any recruiter who is just bashing the phones and going through LinkedIn. I, I honestly believe that from a marketing point of view, a marketer worth their salt will be digging in a lot more than a than a recruiter or a consultant and will be able to at least get people down the first top levels of the funnel before the consultant can go and do their thing, you know, fill fill the roles and things like that. And if you are a marketer in a recruitment company now, that is what you need to be striving to to be. You're you're in a sales industry. Um, you need to be striving to be generating those candidates um, and those clients and those business and pushing it down the funnel and showing your your value and ultimately putting putting a bloody pound sign next to what you're you're doing. You you need to you know dispel that myth of a of being a cost center in marketing and start flipping it into being a profit center. And there's no yeah. reason now with the the data that's available, all the CRMs that are there, all the tracking that you can do, the analytics, there's no reason that you can't be doing that. And if you're not doing that, I suggest you're probably not taking it as seriously enough. And if you can't do it because of whatever's happening in your, in your business, potentially you're not in the right business that values marketing. And then and that's fine. That's fine enough. You know, some businesses simply don't value marketing. We, I think, you know, we we know that from our from our day to day work. Um, but if you want to be valued, you owe it to yourself to be in a business that values marketing, that listens to you, and that you're able to contribute to that bottom line. So marketers need to, and I say all the time, not be the current in department. They need to be revenue generating, not revenue taking, and that's. It's the key thing, being able to being able to actually showcase your results, and you know, and on the flip side, business owners need to realise that you won't get an immediate ROI from marketing. So, where, whereas you measure your salespeople on month to month, you may have monthly KPIs for them to hit monthly revenue targets. I suggest doing that over a quarter more, or even two quarters with marketing, because you will see the results. But when you're coming from a standstill start, you need some time to to gear up and get into the race, I think. Um, so if anyone new is listening to marketing, don't try and achieve everything in one month, I think is the key thing. <laughs> no, and, and, and again, that probably goes back to like historically why, why marketing has not, on the whole, been able to push itself up within a business in, in, the, in a recruitment industry, is that they are expected to do a hell of a lot. And again, it comes back to you, is to focus on two or three things where you know you can nail it, where you can start adding value, where you can put a campaign, an initiative, or a team of consultants or something on a pedestal and say, look guys, this works. It has generated this amount of placements. It's cost this amount. This is the profit we've made on it. And then <laughs> this is the impact side on your commission check at an individual level. Um, that speaks volumes. <laughs> that speaks, uh, you know, a hell of a lot to to people. Um, but yeah, you can't you can't do it all. And you know, I've been guilty of that uh, when I when I started out. You, you try and do you try and do everything. You're usually quite tight on budget, so you end up doing design work. You end up writing everything. You end up trying to learn HTML to to sort out the back end of a website. Um, but it comes a point where you just realise I'm wasting my time 
doing this. My time could be better spent elsewhere. And I'm not getting the quality that I need by not going out there and asking for help in certain areas. There's nothing worse than doing 10 things at 60% than something like that because it's just boring. It gets lost. Why do 10 things at 60% when you can do four things at 90%? It's, it's, I always say that. It's like, just don't spread yourself too thin. But in this industry, you know, you're, there's very few companies that have got the luxury of a big team with specialist disciplines in each of their team, like you might see in the FMCG world or e-commerce and things like that. It's not like that. So get help where you can, whether that's your, your peer network, just for, for advice, um, utilize, you know, any any tech for, for things, you know, like like Pager and, you know, this isn't a Pager selling show and we've had this conversation and saying that Pager isn't right for everyone and not, not all tools are right for everyone and anything that says this is the golden bullet that's going to solve every single issue for you, they're lying, that, you know, they, they need, you need to, you know, it needs to be completely tailored to, to what you need to achieve to the business and if it's not, you know, discount it and focus on what you want to achieve. But that drags it all the way back to knowing why what knowing why you're doing any single thing at any one time. Yeah. So if you were if you were joining a business now, I want you to pretend you're going back in 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 house and there's a disconnect between the marketing team and the sales team. Let's say you've got a, a fifty head sales team um, you've joined as the marketing director. There's a marketing manager um, underneath that does all the content management, the SEO, the website. You've yeah. come in to set a strategy. How would you go about solving the relationship between marketing and sales? What would be your first step and second step and your third step to sort of solve that problem? Straight to the straight to the leadership. I I I'd, I wouldn't even sorry sorry my new theoretical team. I wouldn't even speak to them. Um, I wouldn't even speak to them straight away. I, I'd be wanting to know from a from a CEO level at the top level what that business is trying to achieve in the first year, in the second year, in the third year. I want to know what their levels of repeat business are. I want to know what they want their levels of repeat business to be. I want to know what their average fee is. I want that want them to know what their average fee they want it to be in an ideal world. Um, what the headcount is, what they want to get as a headcount. And then I want to go down to divisional manager level, what they want to achieve on a on an individual basis, what they haven't achieved in the past year, why not, what's happened to it. And then once you know that level, then you think, right, what does the marketing impact look like um, to be able to achieve those goals? Then look at the marketing, look back at the last... 12 months go through every activity every campaign and ask the question why why did we do this i bet uh if a lot of marketers listening to this went went back and looked at that a lot of them would say oh it's because we've always done it that way yeah uh, I, I absolutely and, hate that. <laughs> yeah or or we don't or i've I don't I don't know what the business wants to achieve and uh, you know everyone has their AGMs and and things like that where you get the top level stuff but you need as a as a marketer you need to be drilling down into that all the time I at, at staff group I had I had something on the wall next to my team and it was just a poster it, it just said why the fuck are you doing that just so the team could always could always look at it uh, and think oh actually 
is it going into those wider business goals or those wider team goals you can break it down you know break down the, the long-term goals into into quarterly into monthly thing i think i think it's important to be fluid but you've got to all the way back is like what are we doing as a marketing team to help the business achieve its overall goals from a financial point of view, from a headcount point of view, and then through all those other metrics. Because if you know that a company wants to, um, you know, increase the levels of repeat business, then you can automatically think as right. So, what marketing can we be doing to help influence repeat business? Are we adding value throughout the the process of someone being onboarded of after placement? Are we communicating enough afterwards? It just gets you gets you thinking kind of a lot more in that in that commercial sense and i think it's tough it's tough for marketers um especially those entering the industry to start thinking commercially you know it took me took me years to do it but the sooner you do it the sooner you get a lot more influence um within the business a lot more gravitas um you're you're able to communicate on a certain level um and then just you know go go and smash it Go and smash it. That's and that's what we want to do. And yeah. in the businesses where you've managed to achieve that, yeah. what's been the sort, what's been the sort of impact that you've seen? Um, engagement. If if I'm being completely honest, it's that what we were saying earlier that them and us. It hasn't been a them and us. It's just been an us. So um, you know the communication is flawless. You wouldn't have to have a meeting. You don't have to justify everything that you're doing around an email campaign because you've taken the time to to meet people to speak to people and that might be down the pub it might be in the office it might be in training it could be anywhere because remember you found out who your audience are and how to communicate with them but you're able to go in and say look we're going to do this email campaign for the next um next quarter for example what i'm going to need from you uh, mr consultant is x y and z these are the results that we expect, blah, blah, blah. You cool with that? Yep. Accountability sorted on both sides and everyone is kind of just then working together to, to do it. And I think it's that, it is that seamlessness approach to everyone's working on the campaign. They know their roles. They know what the outcome is meant to be. It's not a case of, um, oh, we've got to do this now. This is this is what we're doing. Everyone's doing it. We just need to do it. And then people just go, why? Why am I wasting my time on that? You know, especially from a sales point of view, a lot of people still have their day plans. They know what they need to achieve. And if you're just going in there, kind of a bull in a china shop and saying, oh, we need to do this. Look, shiny new toy. They just go, go, leave me alone. You know, I've got calls to make. I, 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 blanked, I blanked last month. Uh, but if it can all be tied into a to a wider strategy um that's kind of what it looks like and i i think from, from personal experiences a lot of the a lot of the guys who i worked with especially at, at staff group um they've they've set up their own businesses a lot of people have left and set up their own businesses a few of them are kind of clients now um so i see that as a test of like oh shit, you know marketing can work it does work and you know when something does work from a marketing point of view it might be the smallest thing it might be you've done a training session on job adverts for example and a consultant has written a brilliant job advert and they've made a placement shout about it 
celebrate it, gamify the wins and things like that. I know you're a big fan of this. Create that FOMO. You know, if a consultant is getting something from one of your campaigns and the rest of the consultants aren't, you need to shout about that because more often than not, they'll all go, they'll be like, what? What was that? Well, you made a placement. And then and then suddenly everyone's involved in it. So it's a weird thing for marketers and this is only me speaking, but, you know, through through doing the podcast and, and things like that and speaking to other marketers is that I think we're sometimes we're um, we're a bit proud of, of our achievements or, or humble and things like that in terms of it's it's we don't want to shout about our successes because in our heads that was obvious. That was an obvious thing to do, um, but that isn't the case for everyone. So if you have a success, you know, be proud of the success. Don't be too humble about it. However small it'll be, shout about it. Send an email around the office. Chuck it up on the on the TV screens. Put it in the newsletter. Ask to comment on it at the end of month meeting. You know, really put marketing achievements on a on a pedestal. Don't just be happy with it yourself. That's cool, but put it on a pedestal because everyone needs to know about it. Because then everyone gets engaged and. You know, one person then you goes to ten people, you can have ten times the results if it works, aren't you? It's it's obvious. Don't don't be too proud of your marketing, you know, win. And, and you mentioned FOMO and I am a big fan of it. You know that that was our entire marketing strategy for the first year of the business. Was, <laughs> yeah. We know that people see their competitors using a product and automatically they think, Well, hang on a second, why aren't I? So yeah. our entire and we talked earlier about not having a big marketing spend right now. So for the first year of, of Pager, our whole strategy was to go to a meeting and take a selfie with someone. I'm wearing a T-shirt, literally, let's yeah. take a selfie, right? So we used to take a selfie with them at the end of the meeting. We never said they were signing as a client. We never said they were using Pager. All we did was post a selfie up and tag them in on LinkedIn. All right? And then guaranteed three of their competitors would message us for a demonstration of the product because they've seen that their competitor might even be using Pager. That's it. Right now, you can use the same strategy that we did to to grow the business you know to like nearly 200 clients in 15 months it was absolutely crazy you can use that internally where you get your consultants or a group of consultants one of the teams to be absolutely smashing it to use your words and everybody else in the business will be going well hang on a second why am i not getting that attention why do i not have access to that tool and um, why are you not helping me with my job adverts you know all of these things suddenly you go from being old marketing in the corner to well hang on a second why is there not enough of a marketing to go around and yeah. you do it through FOMO. That's that's absolutely it. Yeah, and you're, and you're you're working in a you're working in a competitive environment, aren't you? These guys love they love league tables, and you know they they love to you know pit themselves against their colleagues and have that that banter, and they like to they like to take the piss if someone's not doing well, or or they like to take the piss if people are doing well as well, because it's uh there's a sometimes a bit of a Oh, I'll take the piss because he's doing really well, but that's not the proper way to do it. But create that gamification. One, one of the best things I did in the past, it was when um it was when video kind of was one of the first when it first popped up on, on LinkedIn and people could do native videos, is that I just said sent an email around the office and said, everyone, you know, I want everyone to give this video a go, talk about a you wouldn't do this now, talk talk about a role that you've got going on and etc etc and whoever kind of does the best one i'll, I'll shout a, a 20 pound starbucks voucher um, and things like that and it's amazing it's very very simple for the sake of 20 quid getting you know 80 consultants involved to do something and out of those 80 you know that they're going to get 
some engagement at some point and then just just keep doing it um you know again it's knowing knowing your audience knowing your internal audience as much as your external audience within marketing within recruitment is you know it's as important if not more important because those recruitment consultants should be your marketing team even if you are a marketer of one those recruitment consultants whether it's five ten or a hundred people they should be your marketing team day in day out you you should just be the ones providing the toolkit and telling them how to use the tools in my mind love that absolutely love it and yeah. It, it kind of leads into my next question, actually, because I think the reason that marketing and sales is is separate and they haven't achieved marketing as we like to call it, mm -hmm. is because that's the way the business was set up. Right? It was people look at their how things worked historically and they go, well, right. So what we need is a sales team. The sales team to do this many calls and then they get this many conversions off the back of that. And then marketing is almost an afterthought. Right, we've grown the business now. We can afford marketing person as you say like an assistant sort of thing when actually I think if you were setting up a business from scratch I think we'd do things differently and I'm really interested to know what you would do if you were setting up a recruitment agency now you had the budget what would you hire and what would that setup look like well um, I, I think the world is changing and you you know you may be able to provide a little bit more insight than, than me here but I get quite often the best part of two or three a week startup businesses calling me about about marketing and what should they do now they're not my ideal clients the, the startup businesses but the fact that there's an awareness that marketing needs to play a role at the very early stages now of of an agency a recruitment agency is for me that's that's good they understand that they need to they need to engage with their candidates and clients it's a very noisy market they need to get their brand out there now would that mean um hiring a marketer straight off the bat probably not i, th I think being able to justify a salary um without any huge amount of strategy at the moment um well not even at the moment in any in any kind of <laughs> economy um would would be a push i think especially if you want to get the results straight away because you still need to have that plan um i'd be looking at what what do i need to achieve in year one if you just want to achieve brand awareness and you know promoting yourself as uh, an expert in a certain field or anything is look at various um suppliers and and see see who you can tap into that might be you it might be me to do a strategy and just say kind of look go and run away do it whatever you want um it probably wouldn't be a marketer yet I, i'd be looking at probably a once you got to maybe 10 people maybe 15 then get then get a marketer in um to do day-to-day -day content creation or or at least manage the content creation because like i say it's there's an element of marketing now that is just that's just managing um managing the message and the message can be is going to come from your consultants um i'm i'm not the i'm not the most creative marketer um at all you know i'm i'm all for design i'm not very good at, at videos um 
and, and things like that. My my heart's in in the data and things like and things like that. To be honest, the the CRM right? that's kind of where I'd be really hot on um, is that I'd be getting someone in to to do that the the data piece, making sure all of your data is accurate. You're understanding the journeys, you're understanding the conversations that you've been having, because then you're able to map the candidates a lot more in terms of, of how they're engaging. So yeah, you know, marketing is still not a not a first hire. There's there's plenty of agency-led solutions or there's advisory solutions like mine that can that can give you the, the roadmap and the blueprint for you to to run with. But there's a lot more experts now that you can turn off and you can turn on as you want for what you need. And that might be that might be social media posting. It might be paid for advertising. It might be website website stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think there's a I don't think there's a one size fits all approach to that either because there's just there's there's different companies who are just motivated by by different things. And you know, we had a call about we spoke about business before we started recording here who's a two-person business but you know he he sent me seven thousand words of content that he that he wrote today it's like glenn can you have a look at this is it any good should we push it out how do we structure it how do we distribute it um you know should i create some of it into um videos or do i do blogs do i do this so it it depends completely on the appetite but the the companies that are going to be marketing led will still be sales led because it's marketing <laughs> because yeah. marketing it is that is it um you know they have to complement each other i don't like the the phrase that goes around on linkedin every now and again it always pops up is you know recruiters need to be marketers now um and things like that because they, they're completely different skill sets there's no way that that i could do a recruitment consultant's job um but if I was given the chance, I'm I'm pretty sure I'd be able to engage with candidates and clients to a certain level. Might take a little bit longer um, and a, go against the grain of some of the some of the CEOs or MDs out there who want the results straight away. And it's a different skill set. Um, but yeah, a rule of thumb, I'd be saying if you get to 15 people, get a marketer in of some description but that isn't just get someone off the street to do your, your client and powerpoints it needs to be complemented by external advice and peer-to-peer -peer networks um you know collaboration uh don't be scared to go out of there and ask for advice it's you know there's more more people willing to give up time and anecdotes and things like that than ever before so tap into that is probably the biggest thing for me and i think so even for the especially well especially for the hiring process right because as a business owner um that's quite often was a successful salesperson in the previous role and set up their own business yeah hiring through a marketer must be very difficult because if you don't know what you're exactly hiring for what the skill set is that's absolutely when you need to take advice because it's very hard for you to understand what's a good applicant, what's a bad applicant, because you don't know what you're looking for exactly. You, you know what you want to achieve, but you don't know the person you're looking for, what skill set they need to have, do they need a degree, all of these things. Yeah, and, and, and uh, do you know what, it's, it, it's kind of, certainly in the past year or so, I've I found myself, and I keep thinking, 
oh shit, I'm not becoming a recruiter, am I? Is that I've had clients who come to me and say, Glenn, can you be involved in the hiring process? Can you help to write the job spec? Can you be involved in like a, a initial screening and potentially a final stage interview? And like I say, I think there's a shift there because people do want to, they want to get it right because they see the value now. They do see the value of marketing. And um, and that can only be a good thing. But it's still on the marketers to take advantage of this current situation. Um, and even before um, Corona and everything, you know, I started to see the kind of the tide changing a little bit already. But I'd say now this is power grab time for a marketer. If you're working now in a mark in a recruitment company in a marketing role at any level, it's power grab time. You've got more access uh, to people who are willing to have more conversations. Um, you can influence a lot more. You can you're you're in control of communications and things. So kind of time to step up, show your worth, um, show your expertise, demonstrate it. Because when you come out the other side of this, it's like you want to be remembered for, you know, during the toughest time for, for pretty much every single business in the, you know, in the world, not just recruitment, they're going through the toughest time. So if you can position yourself from a marketing point of view in terms of being able to keep putting out good content, um, keeping communication levels high, being able to contribute to, to culture in terms of, you know, quiz nights and everything like that that's that's going on, as well as ultimately adding value, trying to understand um, your consultant's pain points, and there's going to be a hell of a lot of them at the moment, you know, how can you work with your consultants to start adding value to your candidates and clients now? It will get remembered a hell of a lot more now than any other time. So take the advantage, take the power grab to, you know, kind of solidify your place in the business and push yourself up those rungs of the ladder a little bit, I'd say. I love that. Absolutely love that. One last question for me because I'm running low and I've got to go to the fridge. <laughs> I, what I'm seeing is a shift away from 360 recruitment. A lot of people now I'm talking to are 180 mm -hmm. and they've, they've brought in resources to, to find the candidates. And, and what that means for me is you've then got a decision right, with your, with your, with your consultant that's there to, to win more business for you. Yeah. Do you then say right now you can make more phone calls? Or do you introduce a marketing element to the role where actually you say, now you're going to work closely with marketing? Um, probably the, the best one for me, and I'm, I'm going to say names here, is, is Sarah Ward Darwin. Um, yeah, she's working with Jamie to she put out podcasts and all sorts on why relocating to Germany is a good thing. And they're doing some fantastic stuff there. And I don't think that would be possible in a 360 role. Now, do you think that's something that people can mirror? Or do you think actually... It's it's far too difficult for most companies, and Sarah's just an exceptional talent. If you're listening, Sarah, love it. Yeah, no, she well, she is. You know, I, I I had Sarah on the podcast, and you know, her first hire at Darwin, funny enough, was a was a data person. And I think if you're switching to that 180 model, and as we spoke about earlier, kind of the funnel from a marketing point of view, there's no better time to get marketing involved in that model in terms of the content that you're creating, whether it's written, whether it's podcasts or whatever, is to start that journey, start lead scoring people and pushing it down to these resources to, to keep them engaged. Um, 
I think it's completely possible. It's, it's a mindset change, but we're so used to as, a, as an industry. And you know what? I still fall into it now and again when I when I go into clients or or having conversations. Is that you know we don't have to keep doing the same thing that we've been doing for five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. You know, break the mold a little bit. People have changed in their behaviours, how they interact with people, how they interact with companies, how they interact online. So you know, take a little bit of a, a leap of faith. If you believe in it and you've got the right intentions and you're doing it for that that reason that we spoke about to to influence some change and to you know create money ultimately, then just go and do it. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. And that's probably the most famous marketing slogan there is. So just there do it. There you go. There you go. I know I said that was the last question. I've got one more. Where did you get your wallpaper from? That is a cracking wallpaper. I, I don't know. Do you know what? About all the multiple Zoom calls and everything that I've had over the, the past three weeks, that's probably been the, the topic of conversation. I can't say I had any decision in the choice of it or anything. But, um, but yeah, wife, wife's wife's choice. She's got great taste. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, your insight was invaluable. I'm going to um, put out there that if anybody is listening to this as a business owner and they're not sure what to do with marketing, they just know they need to do something, get in touch with Len. Absolutely fantastic guy. Yeah. Stuff, as you heard. So thank you so much for your time, mate. And cool. cheers. 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 Cheers.